Welcome to What the Fuck Did I Just Read? The Tech Sales and Marketing Edition. This is going to be a blast. This isn't just a podcast to have a conversation. This is a podcast to affect change. It's kind of our outlet for therapy to just let it rip. All right. That was pretty exciting, I have to say. <laughs> I like that trailer. I don't know if it's going oh. live. Is it going live on the actual feed? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. It's just failed to post comment. Did I confuse the darn thing? Maybe. I'm not. I got to press go. I got to press go. Yep, there we go. I got to turn the button. Yeah, we're good. Button. All right. There it looks go. like it's yeah. playing. It looks, it looks like we're live. All right. Yeah, there's a little bit of a delay in terms of us pressing hit and then going live. So sometimes I, I'm like, holy moly, are we, are we, is it actually working? Yes, the tool's working. Okay. So we are back. Welcome to another episode of what the fuck did I just read? Tech sales and marketing edition. Yes. It's flowing off the tongue after seven episodes. We're all good. Love it. I am your co-host, Danny Wolf. I, I am the willing cohort, Chris Roberts. And we are back from overseas. We just crossed paths in the air. Just Pretty a much. couple days I ago. I did say I was going to wiggle the wings, but I was warned off from doing that. <laughs> How was it? Tell me, first time ever in Saudi Arabia? First time out of uniform in Saudi Arabia. Okay. Yeah. Last time I was there, I was in uniform. It was a whole lot longer ago, and I was behind a whole bunch of barbed wire until they shipped us out to other places. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's... Um, I went in with the least amount of like preconceived thoughts and ideas as to what it was going to be like and how it was going to be and all that kind of craziness. And I'm glad I did because I mean, it was, it, it, it far exceeded expectations. Um, fantastic hosts, fantastic. I mean, some amazing conversations and it's interesting because you've got that, the whole, that whole like Middle East region has just this amazing thirst for knowledge. I mean, there's a crazy amount of, uh, of just history over there and an amazing amount of just thirst and desire to understand, to know, to get better, to improve. And and you chuck Saudi into it, which let's face it, has, has definitely been in the news all for all sorts of reasons, some fair and some foul. And you start looking at the differences from then until now, the last like five, 10 years. And you're like, okay, there's, there's some really, really cool, things that they're doing. But I mean, the infrastructure is nuts. I mean, if you, you, you take a look at where Dubai is and how much that's expanded over the last, you know, five, 10 years. And you look at what uh, Saudi, especially Riyadh is doing from like building out the infrastructure and the architecture. I'm really, really looking forward to, to seeing how they embrace the tech and the ideology of, of that area let alone the fact there were some things that that that, uh, that that I think we need to set the record straight on, like, you know, tech and people in tech and women in tech and all sorts of other things. It was, um, yeah, definitely challenged some of the things that we think and understand. Oh, and the food. Yeah, to one of the comments, food was fantastic. God, I so love Middle Eastern food. And that yeah. just, you know, and it, was, it was another one of those bar-raising bar raising experiences. So, yeah, rather fantastic. Well, I mean, we have to have an episode on the Middle Eastern market. Like that should be its own dedicated episode. It might actually take a few episodes to talk about I, that. But yeah, what what would you say is one kind of 
differentiator or what, what's the difference in, in the Middle East market from a security perspective that, you know, vendors and also buyers need to know in terms of what maturity or buying pre- or culture or buying premises, what kind of stands so out I, to you? So it, it, I think there's a number of things. I mean, for me, I was very fortunate. I, I got into the conference a day ahead of that because I turned up, they flew me out and I turned up on Monday. And so I wandered over, wandered, I was taken over to the conference. Uh, they drove me over and, and I got to hang out at the place while they were still building it. So looking around at all the companies that we're not used to seeing and so many organizations and entities in that hall that I'd never heard of. And, and I think that was probably one of the biggest surprises, at least going into there was, you know, we, Again, one of those expectations, we were thinking, you know, Europe and, and, and the America's market, you know, we, we've got the market cornered in VARs and suppliers and content companies and stuff. And we forget the vast number of organizations that are out there that don't even set foot inside these these regions. So that was one. Um, secondly, probably more important than most, I stood on the corner because I actually challenged myself on this one. I stood on the corner of like several of the main areas and I counted. I actually even have it in my book. Um, and normally when you go to a lot of the European and US uh, conferences, the ratio is typically about maybe 10 women to every 90 men, give or take about maybe 15 or 20 if you're lucky. This hovered between 35 and 45. So wow. yeah, it surprised the living heck out of me. And one of those other challenges that was rather interesting is one is there was a mix. You had a mix of folks that were completely covered and you had a mix of folks that were either covered or partially covered or all were being respectful, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, so it's actually really, really nice to see. Shed ton load of students as well. Something you typically don't see so much at like Black Hat and RSA. Mm-hmm. Europe and uh, the Americas was there were a ton of students. I had some amazing, amazing student conversations just in the middle of some of the booths. I think how the booths handled people was another one of those uh, interesting points. I mean, in the US, you, you do tend to find, in Europe, to somebody, more the US though, you do tend to feel like you're a piece of meat walking around the market, literally walking <laughs> around the market. You know, everybody's trying to scan your badge and literally turn a rugby tackle you to scan the badge. Um, yet over there, it was a much more respectful level of conversation. And only after having a conversation, if it looked like there was some any kind of a follow, and it was like, we'd love to have a conversation with you. And then it went from there. Very little in ways of giveaways, very little bullshit and plastic crap to be given away. Very, very little insofar as like freebies and crap like that. Yes, everybody got offered. Almost every booth had like either Arabic coffee or espressos. Mm-hmm. So there was that stereotype of dates at like almost every booth, which was so good. It's so yeah. nice having dates. I mean, it could create, you get them over here and they're like, eh, you get them over there and it's like, mm-hmm. It looks like we have a guest with us, Milo. I, yeah. I see him on full screen, but so we're, we're cropped is, here. We're, yeah, there he is. Little yes. floof. He's missed right. me. He met me at the airport and said hi. Yeah. And he's missed me. What up, Milo? Okay, well, Milo's been on almost every episode, by the way. Um, not just not just uh, WTF. He's also been on Audience First, and he's been on Doctor Dark Web. So he is oh a he's a groupie here. Um, yeah, we we accept. Entity. Yeah, he's a known entity. We accept uh, animals on the show. Okay, so 
Um, last week was actually quite a success. I was thrilled. We had about 36 or 40 people, I think, live on the show. And we went through, I think, five or six questions. We had leftovers from last week. And so I'm going to be peppering those in throughout the course of this conversation. Before we do that teardown and after we do the teardown. Uh, but before we get into it, to the audience, please prep, prep your questions. We're going to be bringing you on live to ask us questions. It's an AMA here, live AMA. Feel free to come on. We'll, we'll let you ask Chris or myself a question. If you don't feel comfortable, you can drop your question in the comments and I'll read that out for you. That also works. Um, all right, so let's get into it. We have one unanswered question from last week. And I think this is a nice segue in, into what we're doing and, and to the teardown. So Chris, how would you like to be invited to, to a webinar or an online event like this one? <laughs> oh man, there are ways to do it and there are ways not to do it, aren't there? Good grief alive. And, and I think it, it's tough, you know, let's, uh, I, I'm debating whether just to go straight for the jugular here. And I mean, I literally wanted to, I wanted to reach down the computer line, just like rip out the lungs and bash them with the soggy ends. <laughs> I was not a happy bunny when I saw this. Cause I mean, you know, it's like you go away for a week and yes, you try to keep up with everything. I came back and I'm like clearing through messages. I almost clicked connect or I almost clicked to, you know, join or whatever. I'm like, and it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. Because, you know, you're right. You you really want – I think even most of, the, most of the vendors have got it wrong. You know, they're like – you get this inbound spam email with like 25 graphic images, a whole bunch of other crud on it, and they go, ah, join us. And, and typically that join us is next week or this week. Now, I'm not sure about any other senior leadership type folks that are, that are on this one or actually – for those who are still on the call, Chris is going to drop. We're going to try this out again. Let's see. In the meantime, prep your questions. We will be doing the teardown in just a minute and then the buildup and then go into the live Q&A. We have some people already in the waiting room ready to join us and ask their juicy questions. Love it. And if you, by the way, if you didn't catch last week's session, it's already up on WTF did I just read.com. You can check out the last two episodes we published uh, this week, actually. Uh, we were a little bit late to pressing send, but you could check those out. All right. Looks like Chris is frozen, or he's just very, very concentrated on internet connection. Awesome. Well, welcome back for the third time. Uh, charm. Sorry about that. Uh, apparently, when you try to explain that you want to rip a fender's lungs out and bash them up with the <laughs> internet, so uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll restrict that to uh, to carpet carpet bombing them with a uh, a load full of manure, and we'll just call it good on that one, shall? Oh, we'll do. All right, shall we get into it? The famous calendar bombing. Oh man, yeah. So. <coughs> I put a LinkedIn post up on this one. It's part of the reason we have the link for this. But lo and behold, the inbound, and it came in, yeah, I guess what, Saturday as well, because we're Monday, isn't it? It's the 21st here in this neck of the woods. So first and foremost, it comes in on Saturday. So we'll start with the easy one. 
Um, and then it was like, hey, Chris, this is weird. Well, yeah, no shit, it's weird. But with all the development recruiters spamming you, including you, um, I knew getting your attention would require something creative and out of the inbox. Yeah, so you missed my inbox altogether and you went straight for my calendar. I'm going to hurt you. I run a boutique dev staffing firm, blah, 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 blah. And I love the fact that they're actually doing stuff in like Belarus, I mean, you're in Turkey. Totally awesome. Love the idea. Love actually dev development folks from out of the country because they're amazing. However, <laughs> this is not how to introduce them. 30 days. Oh, we might have lost Chris again. Damn. Bear with me, folks. We're going to figure this out, the technical difficulties here on Chris's connection. So if you are interested in coming on live, prep your questions and I'll bring you in and I'll shoot you a link to the to the waiting room. We have a couple people waiting on the line. Also, if you haven't done this already, please subscribe to our podcast. This is really, really cool. And, and rate us as well. We would love to get a rating and feedback from you and how we can do better. Now let's try this for the fourth time. Fourth time's a charm. I don't know. We'll see. The internet was shaky. It seems to be back up. Let's keep your fingers crossed. Keeping my fingers crossed at this moment in time. Cool, cool. All right. So we were. We were. Should, should we start over? Yeah. Uh, me every time I try to use Teams. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I oh my gosh, it's it's annoying as all heck, isn't it? This is ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. This is the I mean, this is the problem with moving from a house that had, you know, gig broadband into now a place that we've got two satellite dishes pointing to the nearest ruddy antenna and at most we're pulling like forty or fifty meg out of the darn thing. So we'll see. Let's see what happens. All right. How far did we get? Did we start the rant or did I get cut off before oh, the rant? Oh, we start with, uh, we, I don't think we really started the rant. Let's start over. All right. So let, let's start with this. First and foremost, she hit me up on an email on Saturday. So it hits the inbox. Now, I'm one of those ADHD people that if I see email come in, i got to deal with it. So you've annoyed the hell out of me because you spoiled my Saturday. Well, secondly, I was on a bloody airplane on Saturday, anyway, just the same as you were. So you're clogging up my inbox, especially when I'm actually in restricted bandwidth sitting on a bloody airplane. Then you turn around and try to actually brush everything off mid-rant. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is one of those, it, it's frustrating because, I mean, the biggest thing I think on this one for me, please excuse the red herring invite. No, I, I'm not going to excuse the red herring invite. Absolutely not at all. And I think this is that beg for forgiveness thing, which I can deal with some points, but not in this case. <coughs> not when you actually just hit my inbox and you put a meeting on my calendar, and you put a meeting on my calendar for 6.30 at night, what the actual heck or hell? I mean, I don't care. I'm out of the Middle East. I can swear again. <laughs> <laughs> um, just bullshit. So and I think it annoys the heck of me for a whole bunch of different reasons. One, you're presumptuous enough to assume you can just put something on the calendar it's going to stick. Secondly, you put something on my calendar, and unbeknownst to you, and let's face it, most of us the same way, my calendar hits my laptop, my iPad, my iPhone, and my other iPad, and my other works up. So my calendars are shared between like four or five different systems. That way I can try to keep everything in sync between this 
and the hillbilly stuff, <clears throat> obviously boom stuff and personal stuff. So they're shared across different systems. So now you put something on, and let's face it, calendaring software is not exactly the best stuff on the planet. We haven't able to fix calendaring software, and we're what, how many years into this rubbish? So I delete it from one, and it's like, okay, now i got to delete it from another one. Now it gets annoyed, and it kind of comes back, and then I walk on another system. It's like, hi, do you want to accept this? <laughs> All because your Muppet fucking ass decided you were going to try and be smart, and it wasn't. And this is this is not not good. And, and I put a LinkedIn post out about this, which which was more a case. And there were some people like, oh, you know, ignore it. No, because it's on my calendar, and I can't ignore things on my calendar. And then others like, well, you know, respond with fifty minutes in by some. No, that takes freaking time. Mm. You know, you've swallowed my time up. So no longer have you just put something in my inbox or in my spam folder, and I'm going to go hunt that with a sodding shotgun. <laughs> but now you hit the damn calendar, and you, you're presumptuous enough of an ass to think that I'm actually going to be able to jump on a call at 6.30. You've taken no time to understand your audience. You've taken no time to actually think before hitting the send button. Um, it, it, you know, I, I take a break. I'm very, very blunt about how I do things. I work typically from 10 in the morning or you know, 9, 10 in the morning till 6 at night. Then I break. I break to hang out with the dogs. I break to hang out with Jen sometimes. I break to cook food. I get back on at like 10 o'clock at night and then 10 o'clock at night till, you know, whatever, midnight, one, two o'clock in the morning, I do my own things. So you presume to send me something on a calendar right in the middle of dinner time. Not smart not intuitive, just, I don't get it. I, I just, and these are, I don't get calendar bombs. Apparently talking to some of the folks, these are semi-regular. I'm like, God forbids, you know, whatever deity you believe in, I will hunt that person down and I will introduce you to your deity a lot faster than you expect. Because mm, um, that's just bullshit. Mm. It, it's so freaking disrespectful. So the alternative is don't. And how do we get on your calendar successfully? Oh, we got it. We lost him for the fifth time. Damn. All right. Seriously, the, 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 the topic is cursed. It's, it's causing technical issues. Or it's just Monday. You know what? Let's bring on... A happy helper to fill in and chat with me so that you're all are entertained. I'm going to bring on Gil. Gil, are you ready to come on? Hey, how are you doing? I'm well, Gil. How are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. Gil, where yeah, are you from? Everything okay? Uh, I'm from uh, Glass Security. I'm an account executive. Uh, we are located in Tel Aviv, Israel, of course. Okay. Uh, and my question was for Chris, obviously was uh, we are a new company right now, okay? And I need to reach out to all the CISOs, talk about my product, and see if I can get things moving uh, and in what direction. And the thing is that I'm trying to take this new approach that we spoke about last week here. And I was wondering, uh, like some other people wrote in the comments here, like what are the to-dos in this case? Like... I need to do all the approach. I need to have this chat with them. I need to get like inside their circles. But if I can't do it the way I know, so how should I do it? You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Yeah, 100%. 
I will say, shameless plug, head over to audience first, audience1st.fm. You'll find a lot of that information there in the podcast episodes. Can you uh, maybe like put it in the comments? Like, yep, I'll, I'll plug in audience first podcast that gives you an understanding of how to approach the C-suite. Um, and other security practitioners as well, and not just the C-suite, just how they like like to be approached and how to build that relationship capital. We also had a three-series panel on this particular topic last month with quite a few people. Um, I will make sure that I'm going to drop in those specific episodes and all the other podcast episodes that are relevant to your question. Um, again, it, it is dependent on the particular person, but the general approach you can find through those episodes for sure. But okay. uh, yeah. I will, I will say, should Chris come back on? Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we could go into the details of what he likes. Um, but until then I'll, I'll definitely share that with you and the rest of the folks here. Okay. Happy to hear that. Thank you very much, Danny. All right. Thanks, Gil. I'm going to bring on Martin now who's going to help out with some of the conversation. All right. Martin, how's it going? Welcome back. Oh, can't hear you. Drop your video, man. No video. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. So I'm happy to jump on that question, but also I have a question for you, Danny. Is that possible? I, I don't want to talk course. to you. I don't yeah. want to talk to Chris. Oh my gosh, someone wants to talk to me. Happy times. I'll, cool. I'll do my best Chris Roberts impersonation. If you're going Oh my god, don't do that. He'll he'll <laughs> slam you with something. <laughs> okay. Okay, so as someone that's been in the industry for a long time for a couple of questions uh, from a couple of different companies and you've basically done it, you've done the services, you've done the product side of cybersecurity. What it what are the things that you can with, do with upcoming events? Because everyone's got a booth, everyone's got a coffee, everyone's got a whiskey, everyone's got a... What are the things that really attract the conversation as opposed to paying someone to moderate an event in London, which I've done before, which was like, meh. What's the, what's the special stuff that actually is attractive to people attending cybersecurity events. I know that you've been behind the scenes organizing a lot of this stuff. So if you could share one or two things that's like, this is specifically what I did. This is why I did it. And this is something that you should think about that would really be helpful. Yeah. So there are two, uh, two things that are very prominent in the discussions that I have with security pros. One, yes, the people, uh, well, that is, it's, it's centered around the people and what, do the people like, they like to learn and they like to connect with their own kind. And so as a vendor, how can I foster one education and two, the relationship and peer to peer building for them, right? So one specific tactic that's worked for, for me in the past is instead of showing demos of my product, how can I get people to use my product and feel it for themselves and learn while doing it? So just recently in Black Hat, what we've done, and by no means uh, solely my, my idea, but the idea of the marketing team, the CMO there as well, was to provide um, an educational uh, and dynamic experience through Capture the Flag uh, games with the product. So we're a threat intelligence company. Oh, very cool. Yeah, and we let them kind of dig in, dig through the dark web and, and have them actually experience the product through CTF challenges. So one, 
it was fun. Two, it was educational. Three, it was, um, um, you know, a good use of time in terms of them experiencing the product. And it was a great use of time for us to get feedback as well. Two is is facilitating the discussion between peers. So if you do have customers, bring them to the show and have a, a, a panel or a roundtable at your booth so that people can actually hear the stories of the customer. Or you have a podcast, do a live podcast at the show. That's a great thing. I mean, Exonius does that all, at almost every event. Super cool. They're bringing in, you know, uh, you know, champions in the industry to talk about a particular theme or topic that resonates with the, the, the other audience. Or you could also have just a mixer in your booth or to, to facilitate that discussion. So I'd say utilize those two tactics to, to facilitate the discussion between peers and also to have a dynamic experience for uh, educational experience for your audience. Super valuable. Thank you so much. Bonus question. Yeah. When are you doing a live event in Israel? Oh, so that's a great idea. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe in January, something like that. We'll figure it out. Okay. I got a place for you to do it. Thank you so much, Danny. All right, Martin. I'm going to bring on James. Hey, James. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. Nice to see you. I, I love seeing that uh, last week's uh, visitors are joining again. That's That's loyalty. Thank you. Well, absolutely. Um, before I ask my question, I, I just want to say you've gracefully handled the technical difficulties today, and I, it's probably only made us love you even more. Um, so keep it up. Yeah, I'm glad uh, none of you can sense my uh, frustration and my near conniption that I that I had uh, five minutes ago. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> absolutely. Well, so to get to my question. Um, it's my questions for you as well. And um, it's that I've been in the cybersecurity industry for about three, three and a half years. I started noticing there was a disconnect between the way vendors are going to market and the way that my customers want to buy as I started to learn a little bit more about them. And I guess I'm curious to know, um, when was that moment for you, that kind of light bulb moment of like, hey, like something needs to change? Like, when did you start seeing that? And what was that feeling like? I think I had a few of those light bulb moments and the first two times I was in denial and kind of like shoved them to the side. Um, so, uh, okay. Steven's back on. So yeah. Uh, the third time where it finally occurred to me, I think was, uh, was in the second cybersecurity job, uh, cyber, uh, second cybersecurity marketing job that I had, I moved vendors and I knew that all of the the tactics that I was doing were okay, but they weren't really hitting the mark in terms of of you know resonating with my buyers, making sure that my buyers were having a good experience, right? And I looked took a look at the revenue numbers. The conversion numbers from at the top of the funnel were really good, but I took a look at the revenue numbers and it was just like totally underwhelming. And I know that it's not solely on me to hit revenue. You know, you have sales process, you have customer success and all that kind of stuff. But um, when you took a look at the marketing sourced, you know, opportunities, it just was totally underwhelming. And, and um, that's when I, I knew that I needed to switch things up. That's when I knew that I needed to understand the people that I was actually uh, marketing and selling to. Um, and then I, I just stopped everything in my tracks. I stopped, you know, I killed particular programs that weren't 
you know, that were just really a waste of money and not, I realized that nobody was really going to buy from me if I was going to continue doing this. I was just going to flood the market with more noise. Um, so yeah, it was when I, definitely when I kind of leveled up in my position as well. So I went from manager to director. I kind of got a, got a look at the more strategic side of things as well. Um, you know, so that was also, that's also in thinking back. That's also an interesting kind of, uh, that's also interesting retrospection when I leveled up in terms of seniority in my position. That's also when I realized that got to make some trade-offs. You have to kill some things in order to, to grow. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, that that was absolutely beautiful. Um, I really appreciate it, Danny. Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right, let's try bringing uh, any more questions, by the way, James. I know that we, you and I have spoken offline as well. I know you have some. I do have a, one follow-up question. You, you mentioned something that I've been kind of noodling on myself and, and following some other folks on LinkedIn about tying marketing's comp to revenue. How do you think that would change the behaviors of cybersecurity marketers specifically? And do you think that's a, a viable way forward to kind of incentivize the correct behavior that actually uh, leads to close one revenue? And can you give me your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, well, first of all, I was always incentivized at some level on the revenue, um, maybe not as aggressively, you know, as as the salespeople who will have that direct kind of that direct uh, responsibility to bringing the revenue on. But um, um, I think if there's, I, I think if, you know, more organizations are, are more aggressive, you know, slightly more aggressively incentivizing marketing, there, there might be some changes. Um, but I don't, I'm, you know, thinking about it now, I'm not sure that solely changing KPIs and metrics will do the trick. You know, I mean, maybe it's a step forward, but there are a lot of other elements that I think that need to be changed before the metrics are changed. And that's mindset altogether. And that isn't as tangible as changing metrics, right? And it's not as easy as changing met- metrics. You know, mindset, sh- there, there needs to be a shift in the mindset of the organization if the marketing function is going to do right by the customer, if sales, customer success, R&D product, founders are going to do right by the customer and increase revenue. So... Um, it, metrics, yes. Also, not just revenue, right? Um, I think, I think there are other particular metrics that aren't directly um, measured by marketing. Um, marketing is is a customer experience function, in my opinion, not just a a lead gen function or a revenue generation function. It's like, how do I, as a person working in a sales function, right? Because marketing is, is you know, a sales function to some degree, create a good experience for my customer all around. So there are different, you know, there are particular CX metrics, I think that need to be plugged in that aren't measured right now from the marketing function. And I think once we focus on that, there might be some slight change as well. Um, so first internal shift and then outer shift, which are the KPIs. Beautiful. Well said. Thank you, Danny. Okay. And Gil thinks it's not. Gil thinks it's not a marketing, a CX function. Maybe not. Um, happy to hear, happy to hear opinions here, by the way. Let's see if I can get also. All right. Let's see if I can get Tracy back on. James, thanks so much. Yep. Thanks, Danny. Tracy, still with us? 
All right, maybe not. I'm going to see if I can try and invite Carlos. Carlos has actually been on our panel, our three series panel, and I want to see if things have, if life has changed after the panel, because he had, he had three hours to ask questions for CISO. So let's see if Carlos will come back on and share with us if he has improved, if life has improved. Here we go. We're bringing on Carlos. All right. Hey, Carlos. Hey, what's up? Good, stranger. How you doing? Doing all right. I'm a, I get, I think I should probably kill my, there we go. Well, we, we're good, right? We're good. We can hear you loud and clear. Nice. I had to, I think, kill my, my uh, regular stream. I was getting a little feedback, so I'm good to go. Cool. Well, the big question for you, Carlos, is did life change after the CISO sellers panel? I think as much as anything, it probably confirmed as much as anything that it's, it's, it's as important as ever to treat marketing and sales as we're selling to humans, like it's a human process, right? It's, it's, I think that one of the things, especially that the cybersecurity, you know, buyers don't like, but I, I think it probably goes across the board is, you know, these random reach outs, calendar bombing, sort of a, you know, spray and pray approach that tends to hurt your brand, push people away as opposed to pull people in. And I think, you know, one of the things that I started doing, especially when, you know, getting into a new market or starting a new job, you just got to build brick by brick. You can't necessarily think that you're going to be able to to, to blow it up on day one, even though I know there's a lot of pressure to do that. So uh, that's kind of, it, it, it reconfirmed, uh, I think a lot of that. And um, the, the dialogue, especially with Dimitri and Chris was, you know, and Erica was really helpful to um, kind of solidify some of that and kind of get that, that uh, thought leadership going, you know? Yeah. Has it been easier for you to approach, um, you know, more C-level buyers? Uh, you know, you got some tactical advice on that, um, three-part series, has any of that been applied and, and has worked for you? I think so. Um, you know, I've, you know, I, I've started to kind of create my own like list of, of people that I'm asking to opt in, you know, so I have about a hundred or so people that I'm inviting to our monthly events and webinars. And when I, what I do is I've, I turn off all marketing to them from our company and so I just invite them uh, individually. And, and I've just kind of, you know, I started doing that more um, after that event and asking people on LinkedIn, hey, would you like to join my list so that you can get information about content as opposed to, hey, can we sit down for 15 minutes and talk about something, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I think that's something that I've, you know, really started to do more and more. I see that you're becoming increasingly more active also in, in posting videos and, and providing value, educational, educational material on LinkedIn. <clears throat> that in conjunction with, um, you know, connecting to the right audience, have you seen that help in terms of establishing some credibility on your end and trust with those who are you're trying to connect with on LinkedIn? Yeah, I think so. I, I, and uh, it's, it's funny that... Um, you know, you hear people start to say, oh, I'm following you or I'm watching what you're doing. And I think that sometimes when 
we're kind of getting started in kind of content creation. We don't see that necessarily, right? We see whatever our small little metrics are. We feel like in comparison to the big world of putting stuff out there, but there are people watching and, and I, and I, people have, you know, made those comments to me and people have reached out, even younger kids, Hey, can you give me some advice on those sort of things? And I try to do that. And I think that's all about giving back. And it's, you know, that whole less transactional, more relationship based approach, which, goes a long way and it's really the only way to to build a sustainable your own brand in terms of doing this stuff right regardless of where you're working Mm -hmm. yeah there's a a really good episode where dimitri and i you know and by the way thank you for introducing dimitri carlos everybody introduced me to dimitri who who came on audience first podcast to interview me as a marketer, which was absolutely phenomenal. It was a great episode. I'll link that in the comments as well. And now Dimitri is the principal CISO advisor at audience first, which is awesome. So kudos to you, Carlos. Um, That was really awesome. Dimitri, that episode was so good in terms of, Mm. of showing the value of building the relationship and what it can do from you from a revenue perspective, not just in your current position, but down the line and why, establishing and holding those relationships is critical in security because of turnover, CISOs jump from job to job, right? So I urge you to take a look at that or take a look. You can read the show notes of that episode and also listen to the episode, which was fascinating. Um, Carlos, a pleasure as always chatting. You got it. You're always, no. always welcome back. Hope to see you next week when yep. Chris is live. I'm going to no. bring on Tracy. You're killing it. Keep going. Thanks, Carlos. Okay. Appreciate you. you. Yeah. Bye. All right. Let's bring on Tracy now and see if this works out. Tracy, here we go. Tracy, shall we try again? Can you hear me? Okay. Maybe not. Okay. We'll try again next week, folks. So I'm going to, uh, okay. We have five minutes left, seven minutes left. We're going to be wrapping up as always. Um, it's a pleasure to have you all on the show. I'm what I'm going to do is I'm going to reschedule this live episode with Chris so that you all have an opportunity to ask him the questions that you have for him. Uh, you could always ask me questions as all as always, but I know that a lot of us want to get his input. So once I have that rescheduled, I'll shoot a message in the comments of this live stream. And I'll reach out to you to let you know when that's happening. It'll be updated on uh, audience first company page. Uh, If you have feedback on this episode and all the other previous episodes, please let us know. I know I mentioned that a couple times. Uh, Today's session wasn't what the fuck did I just read it? It was what the fuck just happened. That's, that's today's episode. And, that's okay. We are human. Life happens. Blips happen. But we made the best of this situation. Thank you to all of you ha- who have come on live to help me run the show. This is what it's about. Uh, handling handling uh, fumbles as they come. So thank you for, for everybody who came on. And join us next week for another episode. We might do this session next week or we might do it later this week. I'll let you know. But every Monday we're going live at the same hour, 11 a.m. Eastern time. So join us. Uh, I'll be shooting out uh, a message. And again, thank you very, very much, everybody. Stay safe. Enjoy your week.